Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Bond, Capitol Bureau Chief, and your host for this episode of Under the Dome for the week of October 30th, 2023. I'm here today with Raleigh Democrat and Member of Congress, Deborah Ross. Representative Ross, thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be out of D.C. <laughs> so we're recording this on, on Friday, where you've been back um, probably less than a day, I guess, hours since, yes. since everything went down. So before we get to all of the drama with uh, the U.S. Capitol and the Speaker, the drama in North Carolina this past week was also had to do with Congress and, and the legislature too, but it was the redrawing of maps, which are now the um, redrawn again and, and partisan gerrymandering was allowed under the courts now. So that is what that's what happened. Um, and a lot of a lot of different districts there in the uh, in the state Senate, some people are double bunked and there are two, to Democrats that are going to um, be making different plans for their political future. And the House district shifts a little bit, but the congressional maps were really the ones that were the most uh, kind of newsworthy for us, I guess, because of how everything changed for your colleagues, not as much for you. So if you want to um, let people know how your district did change a little bit, but it's still your, a safe blue district for you going into next year. Well, sure. Um, and I I have been representing Wake County in Congress. Um, this is my second term because the maps changed between my first term and my second term. I've now represented 100 percent of Wake County. So the first time I ran, I represented Wake County pretty much south of 540. Um, I currently represent Wake County north of the Southern Belt, Belt Line. And what this new map does is really take most of the middle of Wake County. So I will lose a little bit of Northern Wake and I will gain some of Southeast Raleigh, Garner, and a little bit of Southern Wake, but not the large swath of Southern Wake. A large swath of Southern Wake, which is currently Wiley-Nichols District, will remain in the district with that number. I think it's 13. And so pretty much I'm the middle of Wake County. Um, and I live in the middle of Wake County, so I'm very familiar with all the neighborhoods and um, and the folks there. And I will continue to be a champion of Wake County. How? What was it like with all of the drama going in, on in the U.S. House this past week, but also, you know, you mentioned Wiley Nickel and others and Kathy Manning, the, who's you know, future political lives were changed with what was going on in the in the state capitol down here. Did you all um, talk to each other? Did the, the you know the Democratic delegation talk to each other? And of course, uh, Congressman Don Davis and how his district could have mm -hmm. shifted and and Fushis too. So, what was that like this past week with what you all were? 
paying attention to, but also having to pay attention to what was going on uh, there in D.C.? Well, it was a chaotic week. Um, so it was a chaotic week because we didn't know what was going to happen with the speaker's race. We didn't know when we were going to be coming back to our districts and we didn't know what those districts were going to be. But we have had we regularly have delegation meetings. So we had a delegation meeting when the maps came out, the, the different versions of the maps. And then we had a delegation meeting again immediately after the final votes on the maps, um, along with um, some of our advisors to decide about challenging the maps and to make some other strategic decisions. And so we keep in very close touch with each other. Um, when there was a question about which map we were going to get, there were some other private conversations that went on between members, um, depending on which version may have been better for them. But ultimately, the legislature chose that. And as we know, Jeff Jackson knew from both maps that he wasn't going to have a chance um, to prevail in his current district. So he made plans to run for AG and were very supportive of that. He seemed like he, that was maybe the least surprising of what could happen to his district, you know, that, that he knew that that was coming and, and making political future plans and the others um, had maybe an idea of how things could be redrawn, but but weren't necessarily. So have you have you talked to all of them since this about what um, what they're looking to do next? I think, you know, we've covered what uh, Congressman Nickel had to say about it. Um, he had some pretty choice words for the <laughs> Republican um, map uh, drawers and, and others as far as what you all are going to do going into next year. Well, um, Congresswoman Adams has said that she's running again. Congresswoman Fushi has said that she's running again. I made it clear that I was running again in under either of the maps because I was again, in in the middle of Wake County in a district that I have been representing in Congress. And also when I was in the General mm -hmm. Assembly, I represented Wake County. Mm -hmm. So I've said that. Um, and I think Kathy Manning and um, Wiley Nickel are assessing their options based on what may or may not happen with litigation. What do you think about that district that was, I mean, still is, you know, for now, Jeff Jackson's district. And it looks like I mean, as we record this on Friday, people listen Monday, House Speaker Tim Moore, uh, NC House Speaker mm -hmm. Tim Moore, right, had said that he's considering a run for Congress, has not made any sort of declaration. What do you think of, about that, that uh, Jeff Jackson, who, of course, served in the state Senate mm -hmm. before and will now come back and run for a statewide race here, and then the, the Speaker of the North Carolina House here, it, it looks like he's going to end up running in a district that was just drawn for him by his Republican colleagues. Well, it's Groundhog Day because we thought that Speaker Moore was going to run the last time. But then Madison Cawthorn told him that he might primary him. I don't know if your listeners remember Madison oh, Cawthorn. I'm sure they do. <laughs> and so he decided not to run. And then we, the, the state Supreme Court rightly found the whole thing to be a partisan gerrymander and came up with the 7-7 map, which reflects the state of North Carolina and which should have been our map going forward. Um, but because the uh, state Supreme Court reversed the previous state Supreme Court, he got another bite at the apple and um, he's back. 
He's back. Um, I think Jeff Jackson has been pretty clear-eyed about this situation. I think he's been an excellent member of Congress. I sat, I'm on a committee with him, um, but I think he knew that what was going to happen, and he got himself ready to serve North Carolina in a broader way. What do you think about some of your potential Republican colleagues? So if Moore ends up running, um, and the way the district is drawn, if he ends up winning, and then that other Southern district that looking at the, when the maps first came out, there's a chance that that state um, House Republican member, Trisha Cotham, looks, she was drawn a more favorable Republican House district. But if she wanted to run for Congress, which people were wondering when she switched mm -hmm. parties, if that was something she was trying to do, that's in that area. Bo Hines, who was defeated mm -hmm. by Wiley Nickel last time, is from Charlotte. So if he is going to run again in that area, what do you see? You're talking about Groundhog Day. Do yeah. you see the same names coming up potentially? Well, I see the same names coming up all the time. Um, I served in the State House with um, Speaker Moore. So we were both elected the same year. As a matter of fact, we co-chaired the election law committee many, many okay. years ago. Yeah. Um, it could get a little testy when we were co-chairs. Um, for Trisha Cotham, you know, she's tried to run for Congress in Charlotte before in a Democratic primary and lost. And so if she runs in a Republican primary um, with Trump on the ballot, and Dan Bishop on the ballot, uh, we don't know if she's going to be MAGA enough to make it through a Republican primary. So um, lots of drama in the Charlotte area, lots of drama. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the recent drama in D.C., uh, which, of course, is connected to North Carolina because of Patrick McHenry. And then we'll also share our picks for headliner of the week. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn here with Democratic U.S. Rep. Deborah Ross of Raleigh. Before the break, we were talking about the new congressional maps and what that means. And we're talking now about the current Congress and how everything <laughs> has been going on for the past month for you in D.C. So what is that like being a, a Democratic U.S. House member with all the Republican drama playing out every day for weeks now? Well, the drama was different every day. And so they had um, several people who tried their hand at getting uh, their caucus to support them. Some got pretty close. Um, the, for a Democratic member, we waited to see when the votes might be. We knew we were going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries unless, and we made this offer very early on, um, the Republicans were willing to work with us for uh, in a, for a bipartisan path forward. Um, I served in the North Carolina General Assembly when we had co-speakers. Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of state legislatures that have had some coalition governments. And we put that on the table and we were serious about it. But the Republican conference decided that it had to be 
100% Republican support in order to have a speaker. And eventually we landed on, or they landed on someone who really hadn't been in the mix. Um, uh, Mike Johnson, I know him, I'm on the Judiciary Committee with him, so, and I've been on some subcommittees with him. But I think if you told somebody three weeks ago that Mike Johnson was gonna be speaker, they would have been, they would have said, Mike who? Exactly. Which is exactly what yeah. Mitch McConnell said. Mitch McConnell has never met him before, and he's like, Mike who? How long do you think he'll, um, I mean, we'll see how long his political career lasts. McCarthy ended up, you know, lasting longer than a lot of people thought, maybe, and he managed to roll with the punches for a while there. Well, we haven't heard about any rule changes, and we know the reason why McCarthy's gone is because a single member could make a motion to vacate the chair. Mm -hmm. So um, he's in his honeymoon period right now, and we'll see what happens and whether or not he can hold his conference together. What, uh, so let's talk about Patrick McHenry. There's a lot of people wondering who is Patrick McHenry, you know, as interim speaker and, and wanting to know about North Carolina and everything. Of course, everyone in North Carolina knows who he is, but, you know, outside and other, other states may not. What do you think about how he handled this role in, in between all of this? Because you've already you've known him for a long time. Yes, he was in that same yeah. class with Tim Moore and me. We all got elected in 2002 to the state house. Um, so I've known him since 2002. Um, he was a very different kind of um, politician then, much more of a kind of uh, aggressive, you know, um, more extreme politician. Um, but he's become within the Republican conference, um, more of a deal maker. I think he did a great job presiding, except for when he hit the gavel a little bit too hard when he got mad. Um, but he got a standing ovation from both sides of the aisle when he finally got to step down. He seemed very um, reluctant to stay in that position for a long period of time. Some people thought he might get speaker fever. It didn't seem to me like he ever got speaker fever, but I think he handled the situation, at least on the floor, in a really good way. So you know him, I'd heard about that you all brewed beer together or something like that? Well, there's, um, Anheuser-Busch has this uh, event called Brew Across America where you raise money for, um, we raise money for a, vet a veterans group, um, but you raise money for good causes and um, you work together. They're all bipartisan teams. There are about a half a dozen bipartisan teams and you work with a local brewery to brew a new beer. So we um, worked with Wicked Weed in Asheville and we had a meeting with Wicked Weed um, and we told them kind of things that we liked. He actually was at Wicked Weed. I did it remotely because I had to be somewhere else. And then they came up with a beer. We got to name it to be rather than to seem. Of course. And um, it was great. And I'm not a huge beer drinker, mm -hmm. um, but I thought it was good. And a lot of people thought it was good. We, however, did not win. Oh, um, but it was it was a fun thing to work on. It was for a good cause. How did it end up being the two of you that worked together? He was approached and then he asked me. Oh, okay. And um, so I said, yes, um, of course, it's kind of a fun thing to do. And the, the, we were at Nat Stadium. Um, that's where all the judging was done. And they brought in the Clydesdale ponies. And it was just a kind of a fun night. And it was 
after we had gotten a speaker. And so I think there was a little bit more bipartisan cooperation. I think people really appreciated having a bipartisan event to attend that night. What is it like knowing the same people at both the state government level and the federal government level? Is it different just because the legislative process is a little bit different? It's your the spotlight is a little bit different the way if, if more ends up running for Congress and winning and just knowing McHenry beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you and Jeff Jackson, I don't think overlapped. Did no, you? we didn't overlap. Yeah. Um, I actually have known most of the members of our delegation previously. Right. I went to but, law school with mm -hmm. Dan Bishop. Um, I served with Alma Adams. I served with Valerie Fushi. Um, I was a lobbyist for the ACLU when Virginia Fox was there. And she had a good voting record from the ACLU at that time. She's changed a little bit. Um, but I, I actually know several of the members. I think it helps with collegiality. I mean, we're not going to agree on a lot of things, but sometimes we it's very important that we come together for North Carolina. Um, as a matter of fact, I do a lot of work with Senator Tillis. And um, I, we were in the House together when the Democrats were in charge. And then, of course, when he became speaker. And we did some work together on beer. Mm -hmm. um, when we were both in the state house. And um, now we do a lot of work together, particularly on innovation issues and intellectual property issues. So I think it helps to have that previous relationship. So beer and uh, economic issues yes. are the bipartisan <laughs> uniters, I guess. Yes. Um, all right, we're almost out of time, so we'll go to our picks for headliner of the week. Uh, who or what is your headliner of the week? Well, my headliner of the week is the U.S. Senate because everybody's been talking about the U.S. House with redistricting and with the speaker's race. But the fact of the matter is that the U.S. Senate is functioning probably at one of its highest levels in a long time. It's very bipartisan. Their budget process mm -hmm. has been extremely bipartisan. And I think it's going to be the U.S. Senate as the shining star um, going into the end of the year. All right. My headliner is, um, as you all are listening to this, it's October 30th. Remember, you're listening on Tuesday, which is Halloween. So my headliner is is Halloween uh, as a parent. And even before I was a parent, it's a fun holiday for a variety of things, the trick-or-treating, decorating, all of that. So that's uh, that's my headliner. I hope everyone has a, has a fun Halloween this week. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, uh, Representative Ross, for being here again. I'm Don Vaughn for the News and Observer. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.